0: Common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzamitidis in Cats at Night on seventy seven WABC.
1: Well, we're back. <laughs> this must be. This must mean that Larry Kudlow is on. Larry Kudlow, good to see you last night.
0: Yes, John. Thank you very
1: much. The cavalry is coming. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the market—the market recovered at the end a little, but I, I mean, I just don't know what to think anymore. I want to listen uh, to—I think the people want to listen to you. What the heck is going on? What do you think?
0: Well, look at—it's uh, a difficult story. We're in bear, bear market territory, uh, close to a twenty percent decline, but. We're going to go lower in my judgment. Uh, I just want to say on this point, um, people should not panic. I mean, there's over 100 million Americans who are in the stock market with their retirement savings. Uh, Most of these folks are not the richest. They don't own the bulk of the wealth. But it's very important to them because – Um, You know, this is their retirement savings accounts and 401ks and IRAs. I'm a great believer in buying stocks and holding them for the long run. And I said this on our show tonight, um, Professor Jeremy Siegel of Penn, uh, my old Professor Burt Matthew of Princeton have argued all these decades that stocks are the best-performing asset over long periods of time. So, you know, people might think about uh, dollar cost averaging and actually buying the market on the way down, even knowing that the market is probably going to drop some more. But I just don't think people should panic. This, too, will pass. But I think the months immediately ahead are going to be very difficult. I mean, all this woke economics uh, from the Biden administration, uh, too much spending, uh, the war against fossil fuels, which has jacked up all the energy prices, um, threats of higher taxes, a tax on companies, a tax on profits. I mean, they're constantly attacking profits and profits are the mother's milk of stocks. Um, interest rates, you know, key interest rates like the more, 30-year mortgage rate has doubled, the 10-year Treasury rate has doubled, and I fear it's going to go higher. Uh, these interest rates. So the stock market's got some pretty rough sledding. Uh, My basic point, though, is that people should not panic, all right? And, by the way, there is going to be a change in these policies because in November the cavalry will come. So, therefore, you know, it's like hold your power.
1: They're coming. They're coming. Ed Ed Uh, Cox here, Larry. Your good friend, uh, Kevin Hassett, focuses on the amount of
0: liquidity that was put into the market the 1.9 trillion dollars put uh, just as uh the the economy was really taken off by biden uh, with his uh, uh with his uh, bill uh, uh what what uh, how about liquidity that's now being taken out of the market by the fed with qt what impact is that going to have well look at it, um it's, it's hard to gauge the fed i mean the fed has unfortunately fallen under the spell of biden's woke economics so the fed approved that the two trillion dollars they shouldn't have the fed also kept pumping money and printing money you know for at least a year after the COVID emergency had passed so they made a bad mistake now today um james bullard jim bullard who's the president of st louis fed he's a friend he's a sound money guy He's talking about a three and a half percent uh Fed target rate by this year end. Currently that target rate, the Fed funds rate, is under one percent. So there's a lot of tightening coming, Ed, one way or another, whether he's right exactly or something close to it. And the Fed is going to be uh running off their bond holdings. So they're going to be withdrawing liquidity, and this is going to make it even more difficult for the stock market. There's no question about that. I don't want—I'm not sugarcoating the market. I'm just saying to people who who are listening to this that these things happen, and they shouldn't panic. And if anything, you know, if you believe in America and you do believe in my idea that the cavalry is coming and that the policies are going to get better rather than worse. Um, there's a you know a brighter side to this. But I believe what I believe what Kevin is saying is that you need to have rates that are above the rate of inflation before you're going to bring it down. At the moment, uh, your short-term rates are way below the rate of inflation, and long-term rates are are also about what a third of the uh, of the of the rate of inflation. So we got a long way to go, don't we? Um, yeah, we do. We do. And, again, I don't want to prejudge any of it. Forecasting is very hazardous. The Fed's got its work cut out for it. And you're still fighting uphill. I mean, look, um, you know, on the show today, we talked about these hearings where the Interior Secretary basically uh, told senators there's not going to be any new leasing uh, for drilling or pipelining. Uh, On the other hand, we had Scott Pruitt on who said that um, that the current environmental restrictions from the administration are wrong and that new technology is appearing, which makes uh, all of oil and natural gas uh, cleaner. Well, Lar- so Larry, drop- we got Scott Pruitt right here in the studio with us. Yeah. He made it over here. So- he sped on over. Well, Lydia, let hey, me Larry. finish my sentence. Well, sorry. Lydia, let me finish sorry, my sorry. sentence. Okay. I'm giving Scott a kudo because Scott's point, about the technology advances in uh, carbon sequestration, for example, is very important. And the Bidens who are so biased against uh, hydrocarbons are not putting in those technological advances. They're trying to make a worse case. And that is hurting. Okay, that is hurting. We are still, you know, a million and a half barrels short of oil per day from where we were pre-pandemic. And this but this can be changed. Okay, if you get it's better to have the White House. All right. We'll deal with that in 24. But if you if you if Congress changes hands in both houses, you will see tremendous pressure put on the administration to stop the war against fossil fuels. And that might mean more drilling and pipelining. And that could mean lower gasoline prices and ultimately lower inflation problems. So we have big challenges. All I'm trying to say is it's easy to get super bearish, like my friend Ed Cox sounds, and I want to keep my eyes open. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But I think for ordinary working folks and their retirement savings accounts, the stock market is still the best place to be in the long run. And if you want to be uh, very calm and clever and smart about this, you probably want to buy on weakness, to be perfectly honest
1: I keep it simple, Larry. President Biden has managed to make every American poorer, and moved money, has moved the wealth from North America to over other countries, and and it's it's obvious. It just it's happened. Well, the good news here is,
0: first of all, there is some growth in the in the economy. Um, Despite the drop in real wages, uh, there is some growth in the economy from the business side. Uh, business investment has been very strong. I mean, look, the best part of this is that the Trump tax cuts, which were pro-investment for business, uh, not only lowering the rate from 35 to 21, the corporate rate, but also the immediate expensing for machinery and equipment, and also the repatriation of money from overseas back to the United States. There are no more inversions. Uh, those announcements are not around. So the Trump tax cut survived, uh, thanks to Manchin and thanks to Cinema and, and, and our coalition. Uh, so that's still out there. But we're going to have to fix energy policy. We're going to have to stop spending. I mean, I was going to say, John, last night, and I said this to Scott Pruitt, who was on the set with me at the end of the show, um, and I said this, I had a lunch today with our friend Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott. I said, you know, the GOP should not be message free. The GOP should get out there and tell people that they are going to stop the spending and stop the inflationary spending. OK, things like, for example, I'm totally in favor of the $40 billion going to Ukraine. I am totally in favor of that. But having said that where were the domestic budget cuts to offset and pay for it? Where was the inspector general to monitor it? Those are efficiency and managerial points, but they're also important policy points because the root cause of the inflation is the spending and the borrowing. And that's what forced the Fed into the money printing. So these Republicans running for the Senate have got to stand up on their hind legs and tell people, ordinary people, who are Uh, very, very, very much opposed to the inflation, which is robbing them of real wages. Republican senators and candidates for the Senate have got to say, we will keep taxes low and we will roll back regulations, but we will stop the spending. And John, that's why I said, you gave me a couple minutes last night, and I'm grateful for that. That's why I said what I said. Put your best foot forward. Don't be message free. The message is, Stop inflation, kill inflation, and one way to do that is stop the spending.
1: Well, there's lots more simpler ways than that, too, you know. Start drilling.
0: Oh, a lot more. Yeah, look, you've got to deregulate the energy sector. These guys have re regulated energy. But I will say what I've said before, John the inflation is much greater than the energy problem. You can take energy out of the index, and you still see an inflation rate of 6.5%. This is a widespread prices is rising. You yourself have talked about the incredible increase in food prices and grocery prices. So this everything services are going up. Goods are going up. Every damn thing's going up. Housing expenses are going up. Uh, that's what happens when you have a broad based inflation. So that has to be stopped. And I'm just saying people running for the Senate have got to be very clear and outspoken. And I meant what I said last night. We need a pro-growth balanced budget plan. We haven't had a balanced budget since Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton in the mid-1990s. It's time to return that idea front and center. And it should be for growth. That includes tax cuts, the Trump tax cuts. But it includes the energy deregulation and other deregulation. But we've got to stop spending. If you want to put money out for foreign policy and defense, and I'm all for it, I want America first. Uh, nonetheless, how about some spending offsets on the domestic side? You know, the story in the Wall Street, uh, the, Wall Street the Washington Post, the investigation, one hundred and sixty three billion dollars of unemployment insurance during covid was fraudulent and they didn't know about it, and they still can't find the money. That's an outrage to taxpayers, and that's the kind of thing that's got to be stopped, and that's why a balanced budget principle has to come back into center stage. We,
1: we all agree. Larry Kudlow, have a great weekend, and make sure everybody tune in to Larry Kudlow on Saturday morning between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock on wabcradio.com, 770 on your dial and on your iPhone. Your, your app, 77WABC, uh, worldwide and solar system. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Larry Kettle, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.